it's the next level. You know, it's interesting that you two are now the camp's moral police. I'm curious, Saeed, how long was it before you told everyone on that beach exactly how many people you've tortured in your life? Do they know about Basra? And I'm sure the first thing you did when you got here, James, was to gather everyone in a circle and tell them about the man you shot in cold blood the night before you got on the plane. So why don't we just skip the part where you two pretend to be righteous? I'm taking that medication back to Claire and you're gonna let me because if she doesn't get it, she's gonna die. And the last thing that either of you need right now is more blood on your hands. another episode of we have to go back lost revisited as we continue even further into our journey of the third season of the series i am one of your hosts ben and i am the other one of your hosts Kristen. this week we dive deeper into season three this time with episode 16 one of us one of <laughs> us one of us where is that originally from i mean Toy story I it's, no, well, it was well before Toy Story that that reference was used, but I guess it was, I guess that's the most recent. That it yeah, I mean, that's what I remember it from. Um, full disclosure to anybody listening, it is Saturday morning and my family is all up. And if you hear little kids in the background or little dogs, nails against a flooring (laughs) i apologize (laughs) we're still recording during a quarantine so people have to understand we talked about this last episode people have to understand there's going to be background noises people are home with their families it's you know it's it's going to happen yeah um however i will say um that some cool stuff is coming out of the quarantine especially now and especially for us Mm -hmm. um i saved this to talk to you about i gave you a couple details about it uh, I posted on the Facebook page about it vaguely, and I'm going to make the official announcement now. We're having our first cast member from the show joining us on the podcast uh, sometime over the, within like the next one to two episodes of the podcast. Uh, yay! I'm glad uh, that that got worked out. I got confirmation from his publicist last night. Awesome. Uh, he, he's joining me on my Spotlight podcast to talk about everything in his career, but we are reserving the lost conversation. He's going to be joining us again uh, to talk just exclusively about Lost, uh, and that is actor MC Ganey, aka Tom Friendly himself. Tom Friendly himself. Um, I'm a huge fan of MC Ganey. I'm excited to have him on the spotlight, and I'm excited to have him on this podcast too. I mean, so, you're going to talk to him about Con Air, right? 
Oh, of course. Con- <laughs> God, Conair, Wild Hogs. Um, Get the bunny out of the box. Sorry. <laughs> Beer Fest. Um, yeah, Lost, uh, Dukes of Hazard. Like, he's been in a ton of great movies. And he's one of those guys that anytime I see him pop up, whether it was lost or in a movie, I, I get happy because I'm, I'm he's a, a great character actor. Yeah. yeah. I actually, um, I was looking at him on IMDb the other day and, uh, he's one of his quotes was great. He said, um, says something to the effect of, you know, I, I was born with a face that has, that looks like a mugshot or something like that. Like, I'm not going to play a preacher or something. And like, he just like, he's like, I just, I'm, I'm going to work with what I have kind of thing. So it's funny that there's a quote like that too, because he actually does play a priest in beer fest. <laughs> <laughs> he, he plays a priest in beer fest. So, I mean, it's a cameo role. It's like a, a, a small role in the beginning of the film, but still it's a priest. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Um, we, you know, we've been talking for a while about getting cast members on the program and hopefully this is the start of even more. And it's, and his publicist was like, yeah, he's got a lot of time on his hands. So, you know, he's, uh, he'll, he'll, he's delighted to come and join you on both. I'm like, all right, perfect. Awesome. Yeah. This is the quote. I love this with a face like this. There aren't a lot of lawyers or priest roles coming my way. I've got a face that was meant for a mugshot, And that's what I've been doing for the past 30 years. If I play a cop, it's always a racist cop or a trigger happy cop or a crooked cop. But by and large, I play cowboys, bikers and convicts. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to him about, I don't know if you've seen the movie wild hogs before, um, but there's a, there's a particular scene in the movie Wild Hogs where him and another biker are keeping an eye on the main characters at like a festival outdoors. And the other actor that he's with, that he shares those scenes with, is named Kevin Durand. Kevin, I've had on my podcast twice already. Oh, cool. So they know each other. So I'm looking forward to talking to him about working with Kevin Doran Wild Hogs and, and such. Awesome. So um, I'm just going to put it out there. You know, obviously we're excited. If you have any questions you want us to ask MC Ganey pertaining to Lost and playing Tom Friendly, uh, please let us know whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or email or however. Um, just make sure you listen towards the end of the podcast on the ways that you can contact us and Send us questions because we'd be happy to talk to them about them, about anything you guys have questions about too. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. That'll yeah. be a good time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, he's joining me on the spotlight next week. And then the following week, he's going to be talking to us about Lost. So hopefully within the next, I'd say two to three episodes of this podcast, you'll hear the, the interview with, uh, with MC Game. So, but let's talk about this episode of Lost, episode 16 of the third season, One of Us. Where do this is a Juliet flashback, obviously. Um, where do you want to start? I'll kick it over to you as I usually do. So Juliet is Juliet's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite characters of Lost. And I have always been really bummed out by how much hate she gets uh historically, now that we're so removed from uh this this show, you know, when you look back on it, she really got a lot of hate, like from fans for Mm -hmm. some reason. And I just, I think that this episode really kind of highlights the complexities of her character and just like her struggle with being there and, um, just her desperation to get off of the Island. Um, you know, the way that it was written, it's interesting that they reveal that she is a mole in the camp, but I, I never believed that she was actually really ever going to be a mole. 
of the camp. I think that she was desperate to get off the island. I think that she would do anything that anybody told her to get off. I think that um, that Jack was right when when he said, I saw it in your eyes. You want off this island as much as I do. And I think in that moment, Juliet felt seen probably for the Mm -hmm. first time since arriving to the island. And I'm not sure she was ever fully invested in doing anything for Ben. I mean, she went through the motions and she, you know, of course made the tapes and she played the part, but I don't think that she was ever fully invested in, in selling out the the losties if that makes any sense what what, what do you think no i <clears throat> excuse me i think that makes total sense i mean you you look at a character who was originally supposed to give up six months of her life you know to go to this island and yeah. was basically trapped there or at least conned to stay there for three years of her life yeah missing out on her sister who she thought at one point had died um you know who not only died, but beat the cancer and had the baby that she was pregnant with, that Juliet was able to have happened, like the pregnancy was able to happen because of Juliet. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a huge betrayal that even if you've been with somebody, that that takes a long time to get over. So I kind of think you're right. Like I, when I watched this episode and we got to that scene at the end with Jack and Juliet where Mm -hmm. Jack says you know, I saw it in your eyes. You want to get off this island just as bad as we do. It, the net, you know, that final moment of the episode where we see the flashback of her talking to Ben, like, do you know what you're supposed to do? I had almost completely forgot. I knew she was a mole, mm-hmm. but I had almost completely forgotten about that because of that moment with Jack. Like right. that moment with Jack temporarily erased the whole mole moment from me. And I think... It's yeah. because you're right. He knew Jack knows the truth about Juliet even more than Juliet did at that time. Yeah, I would. I, I, I buy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I completely agree with you that Jack, I, Jack was right I think, uh, about Juliet. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, when you really look at kind of how cruel Ben was to so many people over the course of you know, the, the, the seasons and the, in the whole series that we saw, excuse me, the show. Um, I think that he was most cruel with Juliet because he did hold her prisoner there and she begged to get off the Island and he messed with her mind when it came to her sister's health and her life. Mm -hmm. And when he finally allowed her to see uh, Julian and her sister, whose name is escaping me right now. Yeah, I kind of. <clears throat> I what was, was her name? I was just thinking that at the same time too. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I hope it doesn't come up because I don't remember her sister's name. Her well, sister's name Juliet. Rachel. Rachel. Okay, so Rachel. Rachel. Yes. We should remember that. I know you have a friend named Rachel. <laughs> uh, well, Rachel and Julian. You know, in that moment, you see how just desperate she is to just get through the screen and see her sister and to touch Mm -hmm. her sister. And um, I think that that was probably the cruelest trick he could have played on Juliet was allowing her to see uh, her sister when he knew that she was never really going to see her sister again. Yeah. Um, And it was just all this game, this mind game. And then 
Is this the first time we hear Jacob's name? Oh man, it's you know I, that's a good question because I I want to say it is, um, only because like again like that's part of the the rough part about doing a rewatch is we know of Jacob highly because he's a very prominent character in this, mm -hmm. in this series, but because we've watched this series a number of times before and now yeah. we're involved in rewatch again, it's tough to determine whether or not this is the first time in the series we're actually hearing we're actually hearing Jacob's name. Right. I, I want to say it is, but I, I could be totally wrong on that. I honestly do not know. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say that it is the first time that we heard his name just because it seemed to be like, kind of like, a, like a manipulative name drop. Oh, do you not believe in Jacob? Do you not believe in what Jacob's doing? Do you not trust him? Do you not trust me? You know, like she, I, I, I don't know. There, there was like a little, there was a little game happening there. I mean, there's a game happening throughout the entire episode. I think that the entire episode is basically like, um, a mind. It's, 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 it's a mind fuck. Thank you. Yeah. I have children I, in the next I know. I, it's fine. <laughs> I, I totally was fine saying it for you. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, to, to hold that information. I mean, it, I mean, the question remains like, obviously she's been alive in Julian when we see that image of, mm -hmm. you know, Rachel and Julian, Julian's grown like he's at least a year if not older like and that just goes to show you like how long has Ben been holding this information yeah no, from that was, Julia yeah, that was easily a two-year-old and it makes sense if she's been gone for three years three years yep and she was newly pregnant when you left then that's that's that he's about a little over two yeah so I mean that just goes to show you um you know the last time Rachel had her or uh uh, Juliet had heard anything about her sister. Ben told her she's not going to make it to the end of her pregnancy. So if you're looking at a kid that's now two years old, he's had this information and kept it from Juliet for over two years time. Which is interesting because it could, I just can't imagine Juliet with that last scene in the kitchen, which was a fantastic scene between uh, Juliet and Ben when she just falls apart um, you know, screaming at Ben to that she wants to go home. Um, I I can't imagine that that's the first time that they've really talked about this since in, in three years since that last conversation mm -hmm. on the cliffs. Well, if you think about it, I mean, you know, Ben told her that Rachel wasn't going to survive to the end of her pregnancy. And Juliet kind of at that point, Rachel was, and the and the baby was the only thing she really had left to go home for. Mm -hmm. So by Ben telling her that she wasn't going to make it, and who the hell knows if that was even the truth at the time? You know that. I mean, he did show her. You it know, totally wasn't. Um, I mean, you you he did show her that. The, the chart showing that the cancer had come back, but that easily could have been falsified just yeah. to give her that smoke screen to keep her there and not get her to, to go home. So, I mean, when you fast forward to the fact that you, you know, when we see her in bed with Goodwin, you know, seeing Goodwin again for the first time for in a while, and we find out it's been three years that she's been there. 
what did she really have to go in her mind? What did she really have to go home to? You know, so it's, it's, it's easily, I guess, I think it's kind of acceptable. It's easy to accept the fact that she didn't go home. And I think believing that Rachel had died was the main reason why she just never left. Why would she want to go back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. I, um, I don't know. I mean, I love, gosh, I love Juliet's backstory so much. And I love it that they spent over half the episode on the the backstory and the flashbacks mm-hmm. and, and developing her character. I feel like, th- I feel like this episode was really, really well done. Uh, Jack Bender, it was the director of this episode who, um, you know, has directed a bunch, if not most of the lost episodes, but you know, he's also done game of Thrones back when game of Thrones was okay. Um, but I just loved, I I loved everything about this episode and, um, and, and just getting to know Juliet a little bit. I don't know. What, what, what do you think about the episode? Cause I have tons, tons that I want to talk about, but I want to see what you have to say. No, no, it's, it's totally fine. I mean, I feel like it's, it's going to be very, very heavy on your side of the conversation this week anyway, only because it, it, I didn't dislike the episode at all. I think this is a fa- one of probably one of the best episodes of the season, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, because it's very straightforward in my opinion. Like I've, I've gone into the whole over analyzing everything mode when watching these episodes, you know, there's been things I've brought up that you never even pondered. And I, I kind of went into this episode the same way and came back with nothing. Um, the only thing I saw when it came to like overanalyzing stuff is um, there's a scene when Juliet is taken to the airport and she's giving, she's being given the tranquilizer and such. Um, the name of the airport is Herat Aviation or Herat yeah. Aviator. Herat is an anagram of Earhart. Yes. So uh, that was was, going to be lost. Yes. Who was going to be lost over the Pacific ocean. So it, it, they kind of made that little comparison. Don't know if it has anything to do with the story. Could have just been like a fun little, well, the name of the name of the, the name of the uh, company too, um, Mikarat or whatever it was called. Um, I don't have it written down. Middleos. Middleos is an anagram for lost time. Oh, well, there you go. So, and, and this show loves playing around with anagrams. And, yeah, and, and I love like that. that. Um, I will say that one thing as you were talking, because it's been in the back of my brain, like why, <laughs> why did they choose Carrie? Why did she have the book with her when they went to Mikel's house? Like she was still holding the book. I don't know if you noticed that, but she no, had it I didn't clutched even to her chest. It said Stephen King. And I'm like, why does she still have the book in her hand? And then when you think about, when you think about the, the show, the book Carrie, Carrie is about a bullied girl who gets revenge on her bulliers at the end. Yeah. And I feel like that is it's a nod. Yeah, it's a nod to Juliet's character and what she's kind of going through. Because... I mean, she eventually turns on the others, as as we know. Mm-hmm. So, spoiler, <laughs> um, you know, she becomes what a double agent? Not really a double agent. She just decides, no, I'm not going through with this, and this is what you know. She gets on the the losty side. Um, I feel if if I could just turn away from that just for a second, though. Um, I feel like there was one mistake 
made with Juliet. And I'm not sure if it was the way that it was played or maybe it was played on this on purpose, but Juliet is presented as somebody who needs protection from Ben, from uh, um, protection like Jack needs to protect her. Ethan needs to protect her. Goodwin needs to protect her. Uh, ben needs to protect her. She never needed a protector. No, ever. She never. was, she's one of the strongest characters. You know, she's been through a lot and she know, and she's resourceful. She's smart. And I think that one mistake that the characters made with Juliet throughout the entire series is that they constantly, constantly underestimated her and thought of her as a damsel in distress when she was, anything but yeah and i think that this character really kind of highlights that i mean jack jack is just like you know you're on your own if this doesn't work i can't protect you and julia's just looking at him like motherfucker you can't protect you you i don't need protection i mean she was by herself when saeed and sawyer arguably the scariest guys on the island can i tell you how much i loved that scene i loved it because she just she she just looked at them and she's like oh okay yeah you want to play this game let's play this game i, I just love the loved fact it. that she, she turns to them and she's like i find it funny that you two have become the moral <laughs> compass yeah. of this group right. you know when they're going after her they follow her and they go after her and when she just like sets them puts them in their place about oh, the mistakes that time. how she knows the mistakes that they've made. Yeah. And then there's that scene where she reaches for the box and Sawyer just willingly lets it go. Doesn't even fight. It's like, yeah, Juliet is a fucking badass. I love her. And you know what? I think that cause we all know that Juliet and Sawyer end up together. I think that Sawyer was really, always kind of perfect for her because he was never going to protect her or coddle her. He was always going to treat her the way that, you know, she wanted to be treated, which was as an equal. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there was ever any um, inclination that Sawyer needed to protect her. Um, you know, Jack has this like mental block about women that he needs to constantly protect them. I mean, he felt that way with Kate and he treated her that way. And, and, well, and, I mean it, it's part of the hero complex that right. I've been saying for yeah, a while that know, Jack has. Yeah, I think that I think that you're right. Jack's hero complex complicates complicates the way that he views other women. And I'm not saying that he has a poor opinion of women. I'm not saying that at all. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that I think that he's kind of old school in his thinking and that he has trouble uh viewing them as kind of uh anything other than entities that he must protect in order to keep his hero complex. And maybe that's, that's just the doctor in him or something like that. And Sawyer who always chose to, I mean, when you look at his relationship with Cassidy, you know, mm -hmm. he was like, I'm going to teach you how to do this. You're going to, we're going to bring it all in and we're going to do this together. And I think that those are two very different ways of thinking. And I think that Juliet needed a Sawyer way of thinking and a partner and not a Jack way of thinking and a partner. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I find it interesting too, that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a cool moment, but at the same time, it's a little, I don't want to say chauvinistic because it's not a bad it's it's not a bad thing. I, I actually found it a very powerful moment for Jack um, when you know Saeed is trying to question Juliet and he says like you know you'll you'll answer eventually you will answer my question and you know Jack says to Saeed she'll answer when she's ready nothing's going to happen to her she's under my protection. I it's, agree. 
I, I think that's a, I think <clears throat> while, yes, that is a moment of Jack's hero complex, I think that is a very powerful moment for Jack because to say that to anybody else is one thing, but to say that to Saeed, that takes balls, especially knowing who Saeed is and what Saeed has already done. Yeah. And I completely agree with you there. I, and I'm not talking about that moment. I'm talking about when they're at, at the island and he feels the need that he has to like go out of his way to protect her when, mm -hmm. and, and it's almost like he doesn't trust that she's competent enough to save Claire. Um, I, I kind of disagree with that. Yeah, I, 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 I can't word it the way that I'm thinking. But. Because even when he questions Juliet, like, okay, what do you need to do? And she explains it. He's like, go, do it. Yeah, like, it's yeah. It's almost like he immediately trusts her. But then she when she comes back with the serum and she's about to inject Claire, he's just like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I know we said a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that, looks, that looks let's... like it's from the 50s. So let's just stop for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and you know what? It's funny too. Is I, I had forgotten this episode so much that when she went for that case, there was a part of me that was like, "Is there a gun in there?" I can't remember. <laughs> I couldn't remember if that. And then when it opened up and it was drugs, it was actually the medication. I'm like, okay, like she's. I, I I'm starting to remember a little bit more why I started to like Juliet. But let's talk about the diabolical just mayhem of Ben's mind with that when he said we activated the trigger inside of Claire. Yeah. I mean that it, I've said so many times about that character. And that, again, it's one of the reasons why I love that character so much. It's it, he has, in my opinion, Ben Linus has one of the biggest story arcs of any other character on this show from going from, a completely mysterious character in Henry Gale mm -hmm. to a diabolical Ben Linus to a totally sympathetic Ben Linus later on in this series. Like a character that, that you, you actually root for in moments. And we're at that diabolical arc right now. Like we're at the top of his arc at the moment. Well, okay. So do you, do you think that they're like somewhere in the writer's room. Like they had these like wacky ideas. Like they're like, what if blah, 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 blah. And they're like, give that to Ben. Give yeah. That, give that to Ben. That seems like something he would do. Let's just see what happens if we stick it on that character. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's, uh, it also goes to the, it also goes to um, a, a lot of credit to the actor because uh, like you could have anybody play the part of Ben, but the actor has to make it believable. And Henry, man, like he sells it. Like every word that he says, whether it's diabolical or it's sympathetic or whatever it is, the way he portrays that character is brilliant to the point where doesn't matter what he does, good or bad, you believe it to be true. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, I would agree. I, he's a very good character, very complex, mysterious. I, I do like that character a lot. Um, but this is the period of time where we get to hate him. Yes. Oh yeah. Like I said, we're in that diabolical phase right now. Yeah. The diabolical mayhem. Yeah. And it's, it's to the point where like anytime you think he couldn't be any worse than he already is, he gets worse. <laughs> he gets so he, much worse. He comes up with, um, 
and I, well, I don't know why I called him Henry. It's Michael. It's Michael Emerson. Sorry, correcting myself to anybody who's listening. Um, he he's one of those characters that, just, like I said, you think he couldn't be more diabolical, and then you hear more words come out of his mouth, like, "Oh, we activated the implant. She'll be symptomatic in a matter of like a couple days." It's like, it's like, what? But, think, but also think about that. Think about the ballsiness of that. They haven't even put their plan in motion, and they've already activated an implant in, in someone across the island. Well, not only that, but that shows the confidence that he has. In like, Juliet. There, there's, well, not, I don't even think just in Juliet. Oh, you mean like as a, as a his, whole? In his plan. Yeah. He has the confidence in his plan that he has no doubt in his mind, it's going to work. There's no contingency, nothing. No, and, no, no. And not then, at all. But he also has no regard for human life. Uh, unless it's his own whatsoever you know what i mean or his daughter because uh well yeah but i mean if claire dies because something hiccups Eh, it's it's, he brushes it off it was a calculated risk yep (laughs) you know he he puts no contingency plans into place he has a plan he's confident that it works he plays it out and nine times out of ten it works like that's the confidence that he has and i just like you can't help like he right now is a character you love to hate. It, he's somebody I would never play chess with. No, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't play checkers. I, any, <laughs> I wouldn't play anything with him because he would somehow be the player that if you played checkers with him would get you to convincingly king yourself <laughs> or, or jump over your own pieces. Yeah. And or you would the table right before you win. That too. And <laughs> you would somehow jump your own pieces, lose the game, and somehow you would believe you did it wrong. Right. Yeah. Oh, totally. Because that's he would convince so, you of that. That's so right on the money. You know, again, like I like he's just a, such a dynamic character. So let's talk about Ben for a second. <laughs> because... What have we been doing for the past five minutes? Okay, well, let's talk about one moment in the episode okay. with Ben for a second. Okay. Um, when the plane crashes, now that we've had some context with, we've now at the point that the plane crashes right after the uh, book club fight, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen that scene before, but now we're seeing it from Juliet's perspective and we're seeing the events that have led up to that book, that book club meeting and the events that have led up to the plane crash. And, and we have a lot more information now and he's standing out there with everybody and Juliet's right next to him. And he chooses Goodwin and Ethan to go. I was going to bring this up, but I'm glad you brought it up because I, he got Juliet's biggest allies mm -hmm. and, and friends out of the way and sent them out. Yep. Yep. They were, they were totally, um, oh my God, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like throwaway. They were, um, expendable, expendable. They were completely expendable people. You take Ethan Rahm, who is an ally since the, since the time she's been there. Um, yeah. Like her cornerstone almost. Yeah. I mean, other than Richard Alpert. Yeah. And then you take Goodwin who she's in a relationship with. Right. And you send them off, both of them to their deaths. Yeah. And he he knew exactly what he was doing. He want he needed to completely fully control and manipulate Juliet. And the only way to do that was to get Goodwin and Ethan out of the way. I mean, 
it's, but when I say I don't want to play chess with that man, this is like the one reason why. <laughs> because when you, because when you've seen three moves ahead, he's already seen the end of the game. Yes. Yeah. And I mean that, that one moment was so calculated it. And he thought about it. Boom. On the In, fly. He instantly. didn't know that that plane was going to crash. He he knew in that moment. Here's my opportunity. He it was almost like he could look. It's almost like he could see the future. Yeah, it, crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. So, uh, yeah, that, that was the first time that I really thought about that. Though when I watched it this morning, right before we started recording, was. Do, do you think also in in sending Goodwin in particular? Obviously, it's it's a calculated plan. He's expendable to kind of just push Juliet down a little bit further. But do you think there was also maybe an element of jealousy involved? Yeah, he was in love with her. Yeah. Oh, it was absolutely jealousy. But I mean, but think about how incredibly selfish and narcissistic Ben is in this moment as well, because he got rid of two doctors. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't think doctors are real easy to come by on the island. No, because you look at how it's it's not that much further into the future. It's maybe only like 40, 50 days at that point. Juliet's one of the last doctors left. Yeah. Because and they, Ethan and, and Goodwin were sent away. And died. Yeah. So you're right. Like he, even though it, like he had no forethought and he really didn't consider, or maybe he did consider and just didn't care what that meant to the welfare of the group. You know, Juliet also made a comment that Ethan went off and he kind of like started writing his own script. But knowing now what we know about and what we've been talking about for the last several minutes, my guess is that Juliet was left in the dark of a separate plan that Ethan was running from Ben's direction. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Because Ethan really seems to me knowing his character and seeing some more of his development at this point, he seems like he was probably kind of a genuinely good guy. I I really do think Ethan was a good guy. I think very similar to Juliet, it makes me almost wonder, I mean, now Ethan had a little bit more freedom because he was able to come and go from the island. Right. Um, you know, obviously that's how they met Juliet and he was part of the recruitment process of getting people to the island. Um, but it almost makes me wonder, Richard's a completely different story because Richard is a character. Richard's who, immortal. So basically, let's, yeah. yeah. So he's like, there's, there's everybody, there's the others. And then to me, there's Richard. Like he's completely separate. But it makes me wonder, what did Ben or even Richard at that time, did they have something over Ethan? Was Ethan in a similar situation as Juliet? I don't think we ever really get that answer. We never do. Yeah. We'll just add that to the little list of, it, of questions that were never answered. Yep. Which again, I know that was a big part of point of contention with people when it came to this show. I'm totally fine with there being elements of mystery left open. I don't need an answer to every question. Cause it makes me want to go back and rewatch Right. that maybe I'll find the answer watching it again. So I don't need, I didn't need everything to be answered. by. No, 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 no. I definitely, I I agree with you there. And he wasn't important enough of a character that he needed that, that loose end wrapped up. It's okay to leave that hanging, you know? 
Well, I mean, then again, if Nikki and Paolo got a backstory, why didn't we get one for Ethan? Sorry, I'm just crapping on Nikki and Paolo a little bit more. Okay, they're in the past. I know. They're done. They're dead. Yeah. It's over. We're, we're done with them. So yes. now we're going to move forward. And we never see them again. Thank God. Um, I want to talk a little bit about... Although if you do want to see Paolo, he was excellent in Westworld. Yes, he was. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that reunion on the beach. Because... Yeah, okay. There's a lot that happens in that scene. There usually is. The, the reunions and with the fancy music and the la, 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 la. That's usually, there's a lot unsaid going on. <laughs> there, there are, uh, they're always so heartwarming. Mm -hmm. And there's so many great emotions that are spoken without saying a word. And I love it when we get scenes like that. Mm -hmm. the, the whole, and, and my favorite part of it, I mean, obviously we're seeing a bunch of reunions, mainly with Jack. We're seeing Jack reunited with, uh, with Hurley. We're seeing, you know, Kate reunited with Hurley. But the Jack and Ben reunion. Jack and not, Sawyer. Not, uh, Jack and Sawyer, sorry. The Jack and Sawyer reunion was my favorite. I agree. I loved that. Because it starts with that head nod, like they acknowledge each other. It goes to the handshake, like, okay, I, we're here's the respect that we have for each other. And then it goes in for the, they actually go in for the hug. And that's the moment, like, yeah, man, I missed you. Like, I'll freely admit it, I missed you. I don't even think it was like, I missed you. I think it was this, like, man, I'm really glad you're not I'm, dead. I'm glad you're alive. Yes. Yeah. It was like, it's, it's a, a like sibling rivalry relationship yep. that they have. It went from good to see you, like good to see you. I respect, like I'm showing you, I res I'm legitimately yeah. admitting I respect you, and now I'm glad you're alive. Mm -hmm. Like that, that reunion between those two characters out of everybody was my favorite. I mean, you could obviously go to like Hurley picking up and bear hugging Kate, which was just as good. But yeah, to see Sawyer and Jack reunited was actually really really great that was my favorite of that reunion you know it, it's such a shame that jack came back when he did i and i'm glad that the group's all back together and i really um i'm starting it, this this is the point in the series where you kind of start to turn a little corner with jack a little bit <laughs> um but before in in the moments before they they arrive on the beach. Sawyer has really embraced the group and the group has really embraced Sawyer. You know, he's like, Oh, mm. two aspirin. <clears throat> I got you. Hang on. Let me come yeah. right back. Like he's, he's, he's folded in. He's there's that contention is gone. He's starting to actually become the Sawyer that we all see later when he's with the Dharma initiative, you know, I mean, he's really Sawyer's just, ugh, I love that. Love that character so much, but it's, it's, it's this great normalcy that we see from him. Like when, when Sawyer is really, um, accepted, you can see that who he really is, like all mm -hmm. that, all that bravado, all of that, you know, contention it's just gone and and it's great to see and then you know when they come around i wonder if his first thought when he sees jack is but everything's good <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> 
Well, I don't, you know what? I don't even think it's that. I think it's kind of almost, maybe there's a little bit of relief in Sawyer because Sawyer never really wanted the pressure of being a leader. Like we talked about that last episode with that whole Hurley and Sawyer conversation. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you should step up. Jack didn't want the responsibility. I know you don't either. Maybe there's a little bit of a relief from Sawyer seeing Jack. Oh yeah. As in like, okay, good. Like now I don't have to be the leader. Everybody wants me to be. You know, or, and that's kind of almost where that nod of and handshake of respect kind of comes from is like, look, I kind of get you a little bit better now. Yeah. Because now I've been through, or I've been going through lately what I understand the pressure that was put on you because it's been put on me while you were gone. It's interesting that you say that too, because Jack started off the episode real angry, like real kind of Sawyer angry. And, and, and Jack is, He's not angry with everybody else, but he's taking it out on everybody else mm-hmm. in the beginning on their walk over. And it's just because he didn't get to go. He didn't get to leave the island. He didn't get to be rescued. And so he's just, he's still kind of like working through those emotions. And it's, it's kind of like you see a, a body swap, you know, see angry Jack and leader Sawyer. It's Freaky Friday on the island. It- <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. Oh, God. Why'd you have to go with that version? I don't know. You could have gone with the original. Anyway. Um, no, I, I agree with that. It is kind of like a body swap. They, they've, they've legitimately switched places at this point. And that handshake was kind of the switching back yeah. of, of everything. So it's like, um, here, take it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's one of the other things I I really dug about this episode and it really, I I didn't kind of get it until we had the discussion last week about who the true leader of this group really is. And that being Hurley. There's the scene with Juliet and Hurley on the beach. Yeah. Um, To me, after we talked about that last episode about Hurley being the true leader of everything and just kind of having proxies that, lead the group through him that scene highlighted that once again like yes he was asked like Juliet said like did they ask you to come and keep an eye on me and Hurley kind of gives the nod like yes Hurley wouldn't have done that just by simply being asked there was a part of him that wanted to do that (laughs) too I love that he goes we buried Ethan over there yeah well, he wanted, let you know. <laughs> he wanted to see what the, Juliet's reaction to that yeah. would be. You know, and then yeah. and then by the end of that conversation to be to have the little joke between them and they both kind of smile at each other. That was kind of like Hurley's way, like Hurley approved. Like Juliet is Hurley approved. She's, She's appro- like, I must have had the day off that day. That yeah. was great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Hurley smiling and and kind of chuckling at that was like okay, the real leader of this group approves of Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and in that moment, it's like, okay, then... When you're universally liked by others, you know, that carries a lot of, no pun intended, that carries a lot of weight. (laughs) Three minute of baby. I... (laughs) <laughs> I, I I just love I, I'm sorry to cut off but like that moment where he's like when Sawyer says yeah. to, to, <laughs> to Charlie and her like, I used his real name I used his real name I counted Hugo twice right what I used his real name like that it's like okay Sawyer's finding loopholes right <laughs> in everything that he's doing and now. they can't even get mad at it no which they is can't great. it's it's fantastic so uh, 
Juliet arriving on the island, uh, one of my favorite um, moments of the season is coming up. And, and I'm really excited is when um, she takes Jin and Son to the sonogram. Yeah. And I just, I cannot wait for that moment. It's one of my favorite moments of the, of, of the whole season. I don't know why. It's just one of those that like sticks into your head. So. Well, I mean, there's a lot of happiness in that moment. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's a moment that, I mean, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, obviously, but it's a moment that gives you so much happiness and then in a second flips it on its head and you're like, well, wait a minute. What that, does that mean? Right. You know, that means and, son needs to get off the island. Yeah. And especially what we know with everything that's going on. Um, right just wrapping up the conversation about Sawyer and everything that happened on the beach and everything. I want to say too, one of the things I've absolutely loved about this rewatch from pilot to now is I've in previous, previous rewatches of the show, I've had my order of favorite characters to least favorite characters. Sawyer has bumped up so many spaces towards the top of the list. Yeah. He's, he's not going to surpass Ben to me. Um, but he has definitely moved up a couple spots Good. because of us talking about his character and now analyzing his character a little bit deeper and everything. Yeah. His character has jumped so many spots closer to the top. He's so good. I love him so much that I just, I, I love his character now. Like even I already did, but yeah. even more so than I did before. Good. Well, you know, and we've got a couple people, you know, circling back on Jin and son too from, you know, people that have called in and written and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, like absolutely. Um, what else have you got for, for this episode? Let's check my notes. <laughs> um, I don't have anything else. I yeah. mean, we, we, we really didn't touch on the Claire element of everything going on. Well, we did a little bit. We found out that it wasn't, there wasn't really anything wrong with her. It was something that Ben had done to her to just make her look symptomatic of something of, that something was wrong with her and the medication which most likely could have even just been a placebo at that point um or just uh, the she way was to coughing up blood was she okay yeah. i don't remember exactly what when she finally was. went down she was like expelling blood out of her mouth okay so he probably gave her something and this was a vaccine yeah um i found it weird that that was the first time Jack had uh, seen that Claire was sick. Well, he hadn't been there. He'd been there all day. He'd just been playing, you know, Juliet's protector. Yeah. He had, he had other stuff on his mind rather than, you know, paying attention to. to yeah. Claire. Which is fine. It's just, if somebody's really sick, that isn't always sick and the doctor's back. And knowing Charlie the way that Charlie is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I just found that. I, I, that was the only oddity that I really found throughout the whole episode. I'm like, when Jack's like, how long has she been like this? And I'm like, why do you not know this? It's nighttime. Well, not only that, but as over as overprotective as Charlie can be sometimes. That's what I'm I, saying. I'm surprised. Char yeah, Charlie didn't say anything sooner. That's my whole point is yeah. that why Charlie said, hey, Jack, yeah, glad you're oh. back. Uh, we need to take care of something real quick. Oh, I thought, I thought you meant you found it odd that Jack didn't notice it himself. No, 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 no. Okay. It was knowing Charlie the way that Charlie is. It, to he, me. He, he would have said something by now. Absolutely. Yeah. The moment Especially that she with how like of a family unit they have been lately. Yeah. And the moment, yeah. The moment that she would that he noticed she was even just a little flush in color. Yeah. He would he would have said something. 
Claire sleeping through a, her screaming son was a massive red flag for Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, so, you're right. Why didn't he say anything? Yeah. I mean, he's never he's never been the guy that hangs back and like <clears throat> lets things happen. Yeah. I don't know. No, no, I completely agree with you. I I didn't really think about it at the time, but you're right. Like it's it's kind of it's not out of character of Jack, it's out of character of Charlie to right. not have said something at this point. Right. And that was but Honestly, in my this is one of my favorite episodes of the whole uh, of the whole season. I love this episode. I was really excited that this was the episode we were going to talk about this week. I, I'm a big fan. No, I I agree with you. It's like I said, this is probably one of the best episodes of the season. Yeah. Even though again, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's just telling of Juliet's backstory is just it's such a fantastic. Really well done. We get a lot right. of extra information. Yeah. It fills in a lot of gaps too. Mm-hmm. Um, of things that we didn't know yet and you know from from the other's perspective mm -hmm. so yeah it, it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun to watch and to re-watch and to talk about this week mm -hmm. so yeah. um yeah so next week's episode is catch 22 which i believe is a desmond, is a desmond yeah. episode it's where he sees Charlie die a million times. Yeah. <laughs> and we are only five episodes away from that. And it really sucks. Um, which, oh God. Which, we'll you power know what, through, man. We'll power through. But you know what? It's also one of the reasons why I'm glad we booked MC Ganey now. Because Tom Friendly's story is coming to an end relatively soon, too. Yeah. So we're going to get to talk to him before his story ends, which is really, really cool. Um, but that leads us to feedback and we have two. I forwarded you one. I'm not sure if you got it. Let me open it. Um, I, while you are opening that, I will play, um, we got a voicemail from our buddy, Steve Brown. So I will play that voicemail now. Okay. Uh, one of us, this, uh, this episode, I, I remembered some of it and, uh, Oh, hey. Hey, Ben and Kristen. It's Steve. This is <laughs> And uh, I'm, like I said, I, I'm starting to remember a little bit of this this episode. I only got a chance to watch it once. I've been finally, like I've been been working and, and time had finally, has finally caught up with me to where I'm starting to get confused on the days. But that, that's a whole nother story. Anyway, um, it was a good episode. I, uh, I like to see... Sawyer working with Saeed. We see that little clip there at the end of, of Sawyer with Jen, and we definitely see that he's still doing his stuff to try to stay on people's good graces, or at least he's learning to be a decent person uh, again. And I can't remember how, if his arc, I can't remember what happens now with his arc from here forward. I do know that it was one of, I'll say this, and I know it's a spoilerful podcast. I love the fact that he and Juliet get together at the end and then i am sure i'm going to be bawling like a baby uh when when they are reunited in the uh, i think it's the sideways flash that were mm -hmm. they united but i can't remember exactly so i'm looking forward to watching that progression and seeing that relationship and uh finding out that that juliet i'm glad they showed us at the very end of this episode that juliet is kind of undercover for ben that it was all uh kind of a scam kind of thing and i'm mm -hmm. I don't remember how 
it, it gets revealed or how she gets found out. I don't remember that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the rest of the season because there's a lot of things now that I'm starting that I'm, I'm a little foggy on. I think you guys talked about it early on in, in doing this podcast that when we get to later seasons, we will have watched those seasons less times than these earlier ones. So, mm-hmm. okay. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. Thanks, Steve. Um, yeah, it's as far as Juliet, like in the future, I think I don't think she's ever found out. I think she confesses to Jack that she's yeah. working for Ben. She does. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, she confesses to Jack. They hatch a plan and then they in turn tell everybody else and get everybody else on board and involved. So, yeah, it's not as thankfully not as like, you know, dramatic, I think of mm-hmm. like a reveal where everybody hates her. I think that she actually naturally um, tells them. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that to kind of play itself out though at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Cause it's, it's again, it's one of those moments that like, yeah, we got the end of this episode that kind of revealed that she's a spy, but as somebody, as people who have already watched this series before, um, that's not, that scene isn't exactly what you think it is yes she's following ben but she's not with ben at this point no she's she's trying to do everything she can to get off the island but i think that also her tactics change throughout this episode a little bit because of that conversation that she has with jack well i mean i think i think there's also a part of me too that you know we, you know, we know for, we know that Juliet turns on Ben and, you mm-hmm. know, confesses to Jack and turns on Ben and, and such. And I kind of feel like maybe that there's an element there that shows even strong, even more how strong of a Juliet a character Juliet is because turning on Ben, she does it because she learned from Ben. Yeah. It's the, the student has become the master at That's this point. That's a good point. The student has That's become the point. teacher at this point. Yeah. So that just shows how like, creative and smart Juliet is is that she she yes she was duped by Ben she was kept down by Ben but she also watched Ben and she learned what Ben does and she kind of turns it back on him yeah so that just even makes her even stronger now I love her so uh but we have an email too from our our buddy Des so I will leave turn that over to you to read I love Des I love Des (laughs) so much I, Des, I have to tell you, thank you for sending an email, but I really like your voice. So if you could not send any more emails and just send uh, <laughs> voicemails, I'd appreciate that because your delivery is always much better than anything I'm going to read. <laughs> um, I love Des so much. Okay. So this is from Des Combs. Hey, guys. First, I just want to say how glad I am you guys are back. I missed hearing you every week. Well, every other week. Okay, almost every other week. (laughs) Just glad you're back. (laughs) A little about one of us. It's a big Juliet episode, chock full of Elizabeth Mitchell goodness, so I'm on board. Yay! Why is it when she's putting Saeed and Sawyer in their places, I'm all for it. But when Jack tells Saeed she's under his protection, I just had to laugh. Because... Because Juliet doesn't need protection. Anyways, um, in any kind of fight between Saeed and Jack, we all know Jack has no chance at all. (laughs) There's truth there. Yeah. 
In the flashback, Juliet was a little too quick with that roofied orange juice. She could have ended up with Ethan's cousin Tom in a Scientology camp. (laughs) 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 Um, Then again, I have a feeling the Dharma Initiative had a lot in common with Scientology. Sorry if I offended anyone. Uh, Yeah, no 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 offense offense there. Nope. You guys were looking for TV recommendations. First off, Finish Manifest. Finale was great. I will, I will, I promise. Nine one one Lone Star is really good. Told Watched you. season one in a day. Now I'm starting up the original 911. Pretty good too. I think that's about it. Everyone stay healthy and safe. Sent from my iPhone. <laughs> you don't have to read the sent from my iPhone. I know, that's but I wanted a, to. Okay. That's just a signature. <laughs> I know. I did that on purpose. I'm not. Oh, okay. a, I'm not a dummy. <laughs> All right. No, I believe you're not a dummy. I just found it funny that you did that. Yes, I wanted to do that on purpose. Oh. All right. Good. Be good because it turned out funny when you did it. I know. I'm hilarious. Um, That's why. But yeah. So we we obviously we want you guys to send us feedback for future episodes, and now even more so with MC Ganey coming on the program. Um, if you have any questions for him, there are multiple ways that you can send us feedback or questions for MC. Uh, first and foremost, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. Oh, side note. I have been okay. visiting that page once in a while. Good. Yes. It's been yeah, fun. You're, you're slowly, I don't want to say coming back, but peeking in on Facebook. I peek in because I'm on marketplace a lot because I am, we ordered 25 pound dumbbells online and they sent us one 25 pound dumbbell. I need another one. So I keep going on Facebook marketplace, but like everybody all of a sudden is into home fitness. Well, I've been doing fitness at home for like five, six years now. And I just, I just want my other dumbbell and I'd like it if people would realize that they don't need to buy all the weights right now. Like (laughs) my goodness, like between people baking bread and people all of a sudden being into home fitness, I'm like, yes, it's great. That's why I've been doing it for this many years. And you know, it's funny too, is we had this conversation before and the, uh, the supermarket by me had a ton of flour and I almost, I almost bought like five bags just to send them to you. You're so amazing. I would. I still might I, do it, to be honest. Really, really, I just want some rye flour, and I can't find whatever. It, I'm, we're getting off on a tangent. <laughs> we're on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we're also on Twitter at Lost Revisit Pod, and we're on Instagram at Lost Revisited Pod. Uh, you can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave us a message, I love messages. Uh, You can record it yourself and send it to our email address. Please do that. If you want to make your feedback into a limerick, I would also like that too. I would be open to that challenge to see who could do that. Yes. Who would be, who's talented enough to do that? And Des. Like really good. Yeah, that's true. Des could probably do it. I think Steve could probably do it too. Or maybe somebody else that listens to this podcast. Anybody, anybody. Look, I, I, I check the numbers every once in a while. We have a good audience of people who listen to this podcast. One of the things I've talked about when it comes to podcasting, I talked to my friend of mine about this when it comes to podcasting. Is every podcast audience is, is, is different. Not every podcast gets a lot of feedback, even though they have large numbers of an audience. We have good audience numbers, which trust me, makes us very, very happy 
that people are listening every week and, and we get to to do this every week um you know anytime we post a new episode we get good numbers on it which is fantastic feedback is a little lacking um but you know what that's okay not everybody is comfortable sending thoughts into people which um, is fine which is totally fine just know we don't judge like if you're if you disagree with us we don't hate you for it like we actually would appreciate differences of opinion from time to time um kristen and i you and i have them occasionally on this podcast you know so it's it's okay if you don't agree with us we it's enjoy okay. arguing we do it's it's a fun debate yeah um if you if you don't agree with us don't feel bad about sending that in feedback form like whether it's a voicemail or an email or whatever if you if you have something to say we don't judge just send us an email send us a message send us a voicemail whatever and let us know and you know if you don't that's fine too as long as you're still listening and you're enjoying the podcast and i'll leave it at that yes sir so uh as we usually do um anything especially now that we're in a, a quarantine stay at home kind of uh uh, methodology right now. Anything you kind of want to recommend to people to check out outside of the the lost sphere? So I just finished reading the Maze Runner, the first book, Maze Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had it's like one of the, my bookshelf books that have just been up there for a while. Real easy, engaging, young adult kind of dystopian uh, genre read and i ordered the next two maze runner books (laughs) uh so they should be coming soon um i also just ordered uh hillary burton's new book the rural diaries it's gotten a lot of really good feedback and it looks like it's going to be a really fun read um for those of you who don't know who hillary burton is i i'm not sure why you don't know who she is but that's okay um (laughs) she's Jeffrey, she's married to Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, who plays Negan on uh, Walking Dead. And she was also Peyton Sawyer on One Tree Hill. And I think she was also in uh, some uh, USA show that I can't remember because I don't watch USA shows. Um, But uh, she uh, wrote a book about kind of transitioning her life onto this big farm that she lives in upstate New York with uh, her husband and her kids and uh, just some. Um, I, 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 it's, I think it's just about kind of like her life and, um, kind of her philosophy on life. And from what I heard, it's going to be a good read. So it should be, um, arriving today. So hopefully by the time that we talk again, I've read it. Um, but yeah, those are the books that I'm into right now. Uh, I also bought an Eleanor Roosevelt book. Um, and what, what are we watching right now? We're watching Homeland. Still watching okay. Homeland. Okay. <clears throat> um, I have a couple things. Um, first off, uh, if for anybody who has Disney Plus, uh, there's a new series that launched not too long ago. There are eight episodes, I believe, of it. It's called Prop Culture. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Mandalorian docuseries, which was fantastic. I haven't watched it yet. <gasps> the first one's on directing. Taika Waititi is in it. I love Taika Waititi. I love Taika Waititi. I just like saying his name. And I'm so excited that he's doing a Star Wars movie. You heard yeah. about that, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, did you know that Bryce Dallas Howard directed an episode mm-hmm. of Mandalorian? I did. It took me into watching the docuseries to actually know that she's Ron Howard's daughter. Really? Had no idea. Oh, my God. Dave, Dave looked at me time. like I was from, like, Mars. He uh, just looked at me and goes, 
yeah, that's Ron Howard's daughter. I go, well, I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, so prop culture on Disney plus, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, so I, I like collecting different things, especially props for movies. Anybody else who's into that kind of thing, this is a series to check out. It's cool. the episodes are only like 30, 35 minutes long. Um, so you can knock the whole series out in a day, but it, it show, it goes through like the making and the, and the, the, the preservation of props from like. Mary Poppins. Um, oh, awesome. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Tron, like the Muppet movie. It, it goes through and just shows like the props from the movies and things like that. It's really, really cool. Any Marvel movies? No, not yet. There could be more though. Um, there could be more seasons coming soon um, or more episodes coming soon. Um I also want to recommend another another show on Amazon Prime called Upload. You said that you liked that. Oh my god, the show is so fantastic! Um, it's 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 so clever. It's so well done. It's there's so much comedy in it. There's drama in it. It's just it, again, it's another show you can knock out in a day. There's ten episodes. It, first episode is forty five minutes. Every episode after that is a half hour. Um, the only other thing I want to recommend too, and I'm trying to figure out ways how I can link this, um, because there's not a specific link to it yet is I used to host trivia, um, in pubs and bars and restaurants every weekend. And I, I loved it. I haven't done it for a while and I'm taking up doing it again, this time only virtually. So starting this coming Friday and every Friday afterwards, I'm hosting virtual trivia online. Cool. Um, tickets are $5 to get in. Proceed. There's going to be a cash prize and de determine on how many people are playing and um, proceeds from it go to Project Hope, which is a charity that's raising money for essential workers frontline workers, you know, healthcare workers and things like that. So I'm not doing this to make money. I'm doing it simply to raise money and for everybody to just get together and have some fun on a Friday night. Um, and they're themed. The, the, the trivia nights are themed. So this first trivia night is 80s movies, followed by next week, which is Office and Parks and Rec. Followed uh, by? Disney movies. And oh. then followed by Friends Trivia. Woo! So, and I have a bunch of other theme nights planned so every time we get through one i'll post another so there will always be three to four nights posted friends is going to be the one i win <laughs> i'm gonna win it all <laughs> so i kept the ticket price cheap at five dollars to make it easy for people to get in um again and it's also cheap enough that even if you don't know a lot about the topic it's still just a couple bucks to hop in, see how much you know, have a good time, and again, raise money for a good cause. So I will, uh, what I will do is I will post a link to the Facebook event, which has all the details where you can buy tickets and everything. I will post that to the Facebook page. Are you doing so, it on Zoom? No, I'm not actually. I'm going to stream it on Twitch. Oh, okay. Um, I did it. I did it that way so that if people want to play as a team, they can create their own Zoom rooms and then just watch the stream oh okay so that it makes it easier for teams to kind of communicate together i think i need to play around with twitch i've never i've never used it we could talk about that later i could do it for 80s night because i know nothing about 80s movies 
I'll send you the link to the stream. As a so child even, of the 80s. Yeah. So even, <laughs> so even if you're not playing, well, I mean, the thing with Twitch is there's no, I don't see people or hear people. I just see what they type in the chat. Um, so, so how are you going to, I'm, I have, so I have an answer sheet that I've developed because there, I will send people the link to, to answer all the questions. Okay. Cause some people are just faster typers than others. True. But I'm giving everybody time to type their answers. All right. So it's not like whoever turns in the answer first. No, there's no, there's no bonus points for answering quicker. You, as long as you answer the question within the time limit, you, you get the points if you answer correctly. Um, I'll go over all the rules every night before everything that's going on too. Okay. So, um, so I will post the link. If anybody's interested in playing along with Friday night trivia, I will post the link to, uh, the Facebook, to our Facebook page. We uh, should have a special lost night. I plan on doing a lost night. Can I help you host that? Yeah, of course. That'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can help me with that. Um, and that's the beauty of doing it with Twitch too, is that I, you and I can be in a Zoom room and I can put that over Twitch. Fun. To help me host. Um, so yeah, so I will post the link to that in the Facebook page, on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash lost revisited pod. Um, if, you, if you're interested in playing, all the information is on that page. If you know people who are interested in trivia, I'd appreciate you sharing it for me if you can, just to help get the word out and build the audience and raise some extra money. So. Cool, man. That's all I've got for this episode. I don't know what else you've got, if anything. Nothing. I have to go clean my house. Yeah, I got to go make some lunch and all that fun stuff. So um, this is going to be a quick turnaround. We're recording on a Saturday morning, and people are going to be hearing this by Saturday evening. So it's cool. Um, I'm excited about that, and I'm glad we're, we're a day behind. But, hey, it's still there. We're yep. still getting it out. So. Uh, that being said, next uh, next episode of the podcast, uh, season three, episode nineteen. Crap, I forget the episode number. This was seventeen, I think. So eight. Okay, so eighteen. Um, I just closed out the agenda. I did too. Uh, but catch twenty-two, which is a Desmond uh, flashback. So again, leave us your feedback. Let us know what you thought of the episode. We'll read it on the podcast or play it on the podcast. But until next episode, until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>